Warning! The Bone Bad Show is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Long slide with laser siding. These are brand new. We just got them in. That's a good gun. The Uzi 9mm. You know your weapons, buddy. Anything else? Phased plasma rifle in the 40 watt range. Hey, just what you see, pal. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 140 of the Bone Bad Show. This is Steve. This is Gord. How's it going, man? It's going good. It's going really good, Steve. I'm glad to hear that. You know what I realized? What's that? You you know this, but maybe our listeners don't know this. We charged a $10 entry fee for unsolicited films. Well, for the first time this year. Previously, for the first time ever. Yeah, we never, we never charged it before. But last year, after getting 1,200 submissions, half of which had nothing to do with comedy and or horror. Yes, at least. You know, we, we put a $10 bar there for essentially just to, to be a gate 
if you will, to try to narrow down the number of submissions to make sure they were more comedy horror focused. And if you were in the Pacific Northwest, you paid. You paid nothing. That's if right. you were a previous filmmaker it, that had a film in our film festival, you paid nothing. And most importantly of all, if we solicited you, if we came out and said, hey, submit your film, we didn't charge you that 10 bucks because that would be a dickish thing to do. We call it the panhandler clause. Right. So, there you are. We're, we're, we're getting paid, though, this $10 to see these unsolicited films. I was watching a film last night before we made our selections, which had an awful lot of skin. This film could not go. It was a, it was a feature-length film, and it couldn't go five minutes without someone taking off all their clothes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the scene. Had a little something for everyone, and I do mean everyone. And it was that that point that I realized, hey, I'm getting paid ten dollars to look at a penis. <laughs> usually, so, you, usually you get paid ten dollars to show off your penis. So I know it was nice a real to have turnaround for you. <laughs> really, the the shoe on the other foot, as it were. You're on the other side of the table. Yeah, you know, somewhere the the other side of the glass curtain screen, <laughs> as the case yes. may be. No longer holding the squeegee. <laughs> yes. It's, it's good to play both sides of, of the uh, face, if you know what I mean. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but really. I mean, if you would have told me, gone up to high school, Gordon, and go, one day, Gordon, strangers are going to be paying you $10 to look at films of penises. I would have said, where do I sign up? No. I, I don't know what I would have said, but I would have been surprised. <laughs> nice. Now, in all fairness to me, I was also getting paid ten dollars to look at boobs, but that's not really as <laughs> it's funnier the first way. But we've made our selections. We selected our films. You selected our films for what, man? You haven't for said the... this is all like a big non non sequitur. <laughs> no, everybody to the knows bad show before. You wouldn't know what we're even talking about. Everybody in the whole world knows I'm talking about the Bone Bad Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. Woo-hoo! Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I'm excited. I got to say, I, I'm getting the well, thrill. Well, don't film it because I'm going to charge you 10 bucks to look at. <laughs> I'm getting a, a thrill, man. I just, it's finally starting to come together. Tickets have been on sale for a while now, so if you don't have tickets yet and you're interested in coming to the fest, you can buy those now at bonebat.com. Uh, in addition to that, I mean, maybe we're waiting to see, hey, what features are these guys going to dig up? Well, we've got a couple of amazing features we're totally thrilled about. We've got 35 fantastic shorts from around the world. In addition, we have the Pine Box Boys and Lester T. Raw's Graveside Quartet playing for you once again at this year's festival for the first time at the SIF Cinema Uptown in Seattle. It's going to be a great freaking time. And I'm, i got to say I'm fired up, man. I'm fired up, too. Oh, I've got a pulse. So excited. But before we get to that, we're going to announce all of our selections here in a little bit. But first, I want to talk a little bit about this episode's music. You know, one of the things that I really enjoy about this show is finding awesome new music to listen to. And we just discovered this band. They kick a bunch of ass playing just killer heavy rock. They have the most hilarious song titles ever. And just an amazing band. This is Droids Attack from Madison, Wisconsin. 
you're listening to now. Our opening tune is one of Gord's that he suggested from their brand new release, Sci-Fi or Die. That was called Maze. I hope you dug that one. And there's going to be a lot more as we continue through the show. Plus, an interview with Brad Van, the main man of this particular band. So we've got a lot of awesome stuff lined up. So, dude, before we uh, get much further along, uh, why don't we talk about what we always do about this time? What pisses you off? Steve, what pisses you off? What pisses me off? You know what? Not doing a Bone Bat show in two fucking months. Now, granted, we've been busy with film festival stuff. I mean, we've been watching a ton of films, and we've been working with our artist, Mark Palm, who has come up with just a gorgeous poster for this year's event, along with the T-shirt art and everything. We're getting the T-shirts made up. We mailed our tickets out to all of the attendees who wanted their tickets sent to them. We're still holding the rest at Will Call. I mean, we've been doing just a ton of things for the fest. And, and you, my friend, have been doing like all the legwork and, and handwork and armwork. You, you've been doing all the, all the stuff. Yes, but you were doing all the eye work. You watched <laughs> like 70% of the shorts before I got to them. I mean, you did a wonderful job once again of just keeping that on lockdown so I could do a lot of the other manual stuff. And it's I'm been like exciting. A, I'm like a human filter. That's what I... But we're, we're getting away from the point of what pisses me off. Oh, wait, yeah. When you off. go two months without doing a Bone Bat show, you consume way more media than you think you did. And then it's like time for multimedia triage, and you're like, holy shit, I've watched 17 movies. <laughs> <laughs> and I've read three books, and I've played a bunch of videos. I mean, it's stupid how much media I consume. So you actually have to, like, back off. I mean, in the, in the two months, Deadpool came out. Yeah. Like, The Witch came out. Ten Cloverfield Lane came out. I mean, there was like a slate, two months of movies that I watched. So it's just, it's too much for one episode. I don't know how we're going to get through it. I don't know either. I don't know either. That pisses me off. We got to do a show more often. Okay, let's do a show more. Say say you're Stuart in Wales, right? And you're you're not coming to any crazy-ass film festival. People are flying from Michigan. That's right next to Wales. He could come. Michigan. Well, Let me try that again. Actually, People are flying from Maryland. Maine. Oh, Maryland. <laughs> it is a state with an M. It's an M People state. People are flying from far away, a state that starts with an M. I mean, <laughs> I'm relatively sure Wales is next door to that. He could come if he really wanted to. That's right. People are flying from Moscow. <laughs> Moscow's in Idaho. It's not that far away. <laughs> but yeah. yeah that I'm up on my obscure towns in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Well played. Thank you. That pisses you. You know what pisses me off? What's Steve, that, Gord? Well, I think I have the internet savvy nowadays to not get tricked into looking at something horrific that I don't want to see. <laughs> Hello, Goatsy. Yeah, something like that. No, <laughs> it happened to me again. Not not in the way that you're thinking. I saw a silly little t-shirt online. It cracked me up. I smirked, so I clicked it. The shirt said, don't blame me, I voted for Hitler. Because I'm thinking... Trump, you know, like that's like, don't right. blame me. I voted for Satan or voted for Cthulhu or whatever. Right. Yeah. No, I click this thing. I end up in like some flipping white power site for racist idiots, and I can't click out of there fast enough. And it's got you know all the terrible books for sale and T-shirts and things like I don't even want in my computer. 
I had to burn my computer afterwards. So it was like a legit racist. It side. was like, like legit. It was like hate site. Legitler. Legit. <laughs> <laughs> Too legitler to quitler. <laughs> Unless you're in the bunkler. Yeah, yeah. I just felt that. I just felt nasty. Like I didn't. I didn't want to be there. I would have been much happier had I stumbled into the goatsy. I would have felt less filthy, you know? Out of the ring of hate and into the ring of... (laughs) Into the ring of fire. (laughs) Out of the cross of fire into the ring of fire. I don't know. Yeah. Damn. Uh, Well, listen to a tune. Let's do that. Let's just wash this taste out of my mouth. let's, Let's shake our ass a little bit. This is a tune from the debut album from Droids Attack. All your chicks are belong to us. This is Droids Attack is gonna move ya. Do the dance.
All right, once again, that was Droids Attack is going to move you. Do the dance from the All Your Chicks Are Belong to Us release from 2004. Joining us now on the show is the guitarist, vocalist, and mastermind behind Droids Attack himself, Brad Van. How you doing, man? Hey, good, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, I appreciate it. I gotta say that I'm almost embarrassed that we didn't find out about Droids Attack earlier. Like I was just telling you, we're huge fans of bands like Clutch and 60 Watt Shaman and big, fat, heavy, groovy bands. And it just seems like a miss on our part. And as soon as I heard uh, Sci-Fi or Die, your brand new release, I immediately went out and bought your first three albums. And now it's my job to tell as many of our listeners about you guys as possible. Well, awesome, man. Thank you. We appreciate it. (laughs) You're very welcome. So, how did you guys get started? Let me let me know the origin story of Droids Attack a little bit. Oh, you know, um, back when I was uh, coming out of high school, I had no desire to get into college. I, I didn't really want to go after any kind of career. I just wanted to focus on music, and I um, decided to, you know, just start writing songs and playing shows. And I, I was a drummer at the time. I would I would go and and play with a band and then they would break up and then i'd be like uh i you know don't have anything to show for all this time i put into it and then i'd start and you know join another band play drums for a while and then that band would break up and then eventually i was just like you know i gotta get control of my own destiny here i'm gonna learn guitar i'm gonna start writing my own material Mm -hmm. so then i started you know writing some simple songs kind of like a you know, the first uh, group I put together, um, it was kind of more of like an alt-rock sort of uh, thing. Really simple kind of chord progressions and uh, melodic vocals and, and stuff like that. And uh, I would get a new bass player. The guy that I had quit. I would get a new drummer. You know, I would just keep the project going. But uh, eventually I got kind of frustrated with it because I could not find the right people to work with. Mm-hmm. and uh, decided I wanted to start an arcade instead to make a living. <laughs> nice. So I decided I decided to quit music and start an arcade, and uh, that's when I met Tony, the drummer of Droids Attack. He was working at a video game store, and I would go and hang out there and talk about my idea to open an arcade. And uh, Anyway, he mentioned he played drums, and he was looking for someone to jam with. And at the time, I wasn't really interested in starting another band. But, you know, fortunately, I uh, one day I was, I was getting kind of antsy, and I just thought, you know, he could be a really cool guy. He could be talented. You know, I should give it a shot. So we did, and it worked out, and we decided to, you know, start a band. And uh, I continued to buy up video games to start my arcade, and Tony was cool. He let me store them at his house. <laughs> so. <laughs> nice. You know, it's, it's, the origin of, you know, the band uh, was kind of uh, based on our love for video games, I guess. <laughs> and uh, now here we are. I have an arcade business. This is our fourth album we put out, you know. You know, everything's just more evolved. Our sound has evolved a lot more since uh, since the first album. Um I and, uh, mentioned kind of about all your chick belong to us. One of the, the cool things I enjoy about it is it does have like the video game sound intros and stuff like that. But I love how you guys, it's like a, a statement of intent 
like you know rap groups will talk about themselves in the first couple songs of the album all the time but you don't hear that enough in metal or punk and i just love how yeah. like the first two songs say fucking droids attacking them it, that's so kick-ass yeah it's like you're not fucking yeah, around I mean, let's do this let's go yeah i mean that was kind of our approach when we first got together i was like you know let's let's make a party album uh-huh. you know and uh and that was sort of what we were doing with that group of songs and i wanted you know like our first batch of tunes to be something that we could you know like uh yeah evolve from you know like i i always wanted to go into more you know uh longer and more uh i don't know like more movement in the music but the first the first album there's some of that but most of it is just very straightforward punk metal yeah you know right and uh and yeah we had a little bit of a concept there you know we're we're goofy guys we like to joke around we have a lot of inside jokes that end up making their way into our songs and lyrics and um that's that's one of the things too is i love the sense of humor with your song titles like malachi crunch or john oates mustache (laughs) ride which are just fucking hilarious and it's great to see that because so often in heavy music it's all about the glower you know what i mean right yeah i mean we don't really fit in with that crowd and we don't want to pretend that we do (laughs) you know i think i think a lot of bands uh aren't so interesting because they all try to like conform to uh a certain aesthetic Mm -hmm. or a certain sound and to me you know i'm a little bit more adventurous i I like uh, bands that stand out i really enjoy bands that uh you, you pop them in and you can tell, like, within the first few chords, like, oh, that's Primus, yeah, you know? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Or, you know, oh, that's, you know what I mean? Like, bands that have their own take on on heavy music or whatever the genre is. Oh, yeah, our goal was to become a band like that. Uh-huh. Well, I think yeah. you can definitely see oh. the, the growth. Like, you're, you were talking about kind of maybe more epic tunes and more movements. Like, Machinomac is a perfect example of that. I love that song, man. You guys just crush it, and it, you know, it makes eight minutes seem like four. It is a great song. Cool. Oh, thanks, man. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> you know, that, that song, uh, I've, I've talked about it in interviews before. Um, it's it's uh, based on a Native American folktale, the first song. It's, it's kind of like a two-song suite Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the Native American folktale is an existing story. And I, I usually, when I'm writing songs, am writing songs that I am creating the story. But this one I wanted to uh, it basically like write it as if it were a soundtrack to the story. So that was a, a different approach than what I usually have when I'm writing. And it was a, it was a cool um, like, uh, experiment for me to, to write music in that way. And uh, and that's how that all came about. Um, and it ended up being eight minutes or whatever the length is. <laughs> and then the next song is in that in that suite is actually why that song was written in the first place. Is uh, we had some friends that uh, they were on like a, a fishing trip and they ended up tipping their boat over on this lake. And then uh, they they find out there's a Native American folk tale about this fish monster that tips boats over and terrorizes, you know, their community. So, uh, you know, we just kind of took that. We started it with the Native American folktale, ended up, you know, moving into our, the story of our friends. <laughs> well, uh, that's awesome. It's almost like your own John the Fisherman. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, I love John the Fisherman. <laughs> Great song. <laughs> well, I understand that it was a monumental ordeal just getting sci-fi or die to our ears. You really, you guys lost oh. an entire hard drive while you were making this thing? And you're a gamer, kind so of. you know save early, save often. Yeah, I mean, there was a hard drive crash, but that wasn't the biggest thing that held us up. It was a series of, you know, uh, it was crazy. You know, our last release, Must Destroy, mm-hmm. um, saw us, like, earning a lot of really great opportunities that we had never experienced before, like opening for national acts and um you know, getting a lot of press and, uh, you know, getting asked to play big festivals, you know, with other huge names, you know, like, it, it, it was weird, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so so I was like, well, you know, we need to uh, take this next release a little more seriously and put a little more effort into it if we're going to be asked to play with bands like this so we don't end up, you know, getting lost in the shuffle. You know, we got to hold our own against... Uh, you know, anybody that we're going to be sharing a stage with, you know? Sure. So, uh, so we, uh, decided to, you know, not try and fast track it to get it out. We wanted to take our time with it and, uh, um, do the best we could. So that was really, I guess, I think the most w- what happened, you know, with the, the time it took to get it out. I mean, it took us about five, five or six years to uh, release this record from the time that, uh, uh, you know, our last album was out. About a year of that was the actual songwriting, and about three years of it was demoing. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, we actually also lost uh, one of our longtime members in the band. Um, Our previous bass player was with us for eight years. His name is Nate Bush. And um, he... uh, you know, once we had to replace him, you know, we had another guy in between uh, him and our current bass player. His name's Darwin. And uh, I wanted—I didn't want to release an album with somebody who was a temporary bass player. You know, I wanted to be sure that this was the guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And Darwin is definitely the guy. He's been in the band now for about three years. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, it, it, it took a long time. The hard drive crash was just something that happened uh, in the demoing, and we ended up having to redo a whole bunch of takes. And, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. It's just a little irritating. (laughs) But it just gives you, you know, it gives you another chance to to take another crack at it and perhaps, you know, discover, um, you know, because when you're recording and you listen back, you think, oh, what if I try this? What if I try that? You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely our most refined album, I think, because of that process. Well, yeah, you can definitely tell. I mean, it is a great album from start to finish. I've really enjoyed my time with it, and uh, I look forward to hearing more from you guys. I understand that you're writing the next one now. That is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, we actually are are very close to being finished with the next one right now, um, <laughs> and we even have a, a one one that uh, we're working on. Uh, I guess that will be the next one after that. So, you know, we have a couple of uh, releases. Uh, in the works. Cool. Well, we won't lose track of you guys again. Anytime you want to play some music on the Bone Bass Show, you're more than welcome. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, stay tuned. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll be around. <laughs> so, uh, the last question we always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bass Show, Brad, 
What pisses you off, man? Oh, God. <laughs> People, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, I've got a lot of friends, and, uh, you know, I love my friends, but there's, there's a lot of people out there that I think don't have a very worldly view. In general, people. <laughs> I get pissed off a lot at people. Thank you again very much yeah. for joining us on the show. I really appreciate you sharing your music with us and taking the time to chat. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this next tune, man? Clawhammer Suicide. That is a song we wrote. It's actually based on an incident that took place in somewhere in Oregon where a young man who was playing an open mic night was frustrated and decided to take his own life in front of an audience. And, oh, I remember uh, that story. Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah. He, uh, he got in front of everybody and said, this next song is called I'm Sorry for the Mess. And then he stabbed himself and, you know, ended up dying at uh, whatever venue this was. And it's a sad story. You know, you don't, you don't like to hear that sort of thing. But, you know, we're a little twisted, and we decided, you know, if you're going to do that, you should maybe, you know... <laughs> be a little more <laughs> I don't know get a little more artistic with it and uh, I was like why don't you use a hammer you know nobody ever killed themselves with a hammer you know yeah, okay. and uh, so yeah we, we decided to write a song about that <laughs> <laughs> and yeah you know it's, it's a little dark but you know it's metal there you are alright man yeah. well, thank you again and here it is folks Clawhammer Suicide from Sci-Fi or Die. There will be no encore. (laughs) (laughs) That is one of the lines, and yeah, I don't think there was.
safety, luxury, Manderley. At the Manderley, the staff is working tirelessly to prepare for the grand opening of Santa Barbara's most exclusive luxury resort. Unfortunately for them, so is the killer. Read Security, the thrilling debut from Gino Walsdorf, coming this June from Algonquin Books. This is Brad Van from Droids Attack, and you are listening to The Bone Bat Show. All right, once again, we are back. Thanks so much to Brad once again for joining us on the show. It was fantastic to chat with him. Uh, that tune, of course, once again, was Claw Hammer Suicide from the brand That was new my release. suggestion. I suggested that right here. Sci-Fi or Die. What a great album. you got to get this album. You can find it at droidsattack.bandcamp.com. Support the band. Pick up some music. It's great stuff. So, dude, shall we dude. announce our official selections? Let's read it and weep. I am all a tingle. All right, the uh, tingle, then. Official, official selections for the 2016 Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival are... Uh, we're going to start off with these shorts. The very yeah. first one is called Anim Triple Feature from Brandon Bassam. Uh, you may remember him as the director of last year's feature, Fear Town USA, and his company, Anim Films. Next up is Torment. From Hyun Soo Lee of South Korea. You may remember him from, gosh, I don't know. Actually, this is the first movie by him I've seen. And it's great. And it's the first time we've ever had a film from South Korea at the Bone Bat Film Festival. How cool is that? It's pretty hot. Next up, we have a film from the Northwest right here. This is called Pets from director Bruce Hunter Bosley and Gloomy Sunday Productions. Uh, this year, for the first time, we have a Pacific Northwest Best Short Award that we're going to be giving out. And we've got three shorts that made it into the top 35 films. So and the those... award is actually a million dollars. No, it's oh, absolutely no, it's not. not. It's not that. No, no. It's, it's a bragging rights type award, but we will buy you a beer. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, that's absolutely possible. What's the next film, Gord? Hey, yeah, speaking of Steve, the next film is Knob Goblins <laughs> by Christopher Moore of the United States of America. Oh, my God, dude. Have you seen the poster yet for this film? No, I just saw the film. The tagline the for this film is, say goodbye to your little friend. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Delightful. Uh, what's next, Steve? Next film is called No Touching from... Directors Will Corona Pilgrim and Adam Davis. Man, this film is also from USA. Uh, amazing cast. It's got Zoe Bell, the stunt woman from Death Proof in it. Jake Busey is in it. It's got Doug Jones in it. Doug Jones is making an appearance at Bombat Film Festival for the first time. I'm so excited about that. It's fantastic. Absolutely. So, very cool stuff. Then we have from the UK, Mr. Ollie Williams' film, The Fly. Which just made me laugh and laugh and laugh. This is one of Gore's personal favorites. It's from the UK. Yes. Did you mention that? I did. I started with that. I led with the UK thing. And HSI London Productions. Oh, sorry. Was I supposed to say that? Yeah, that's what we say here when we say things. Okay. I'll try saying those things. <laughs> the next film from Canada and Fatal Pictures is Air from director Richard Powell and producer Zach Green. You may remember this 
pair of filmmakers from their film a couple of years ago, Familiar, which was harrowing and terrifying all at the same time. Great film. And it stars Bill Oberst from Circus of the Dead, who is creepy as fuck, as usual. So yes. <laughs> it's it's terrifying. You'll love it. It is. And then we have It's Cold and It's Dark by Adam Rosenberg of the United States of America. Oh my god. This film <laughs> I'm just I'm not telling you anything about it except that you need to see this film or your life is incomplete. Nice. And from Spain and director Tony Morales and Camera Boreal Productions. This is Hava. It is good to see that Spain is still in there throwing cool films into our film festival. Thank you, España. And this we is love a, you. I'm not going to spoil it, but this is a film with a concept that we have seen dozens of times over the years. And yet, they still bring something fresh and exciting to the table. Loved this short. Can't wait to share it with a live audience. Then, we have Pillow Fright from Patrick Ray. The yeah, United once again. He is a stalwart. Uh, he was he in is. our first fest with uh, Get Off My Porch. He had Copy. He had Hourglass Figure. We've done a number of his films over the years. He always delivers, and it's great to see another new one from him that is a load of fun. That's from Seno Reality Pictures. All right. Next up is Party Animals from director Austin Crosby at the Savannah College of Art and Design in the United States. That's cool. I love love student films. We get some of the best films in their student films. Looks like we got back-to-back student films here, Gordon. And then Sunnyville Security by Shelby Wilson of Canada. Vancouver, B.C., so it falls in the Pacific Northwest Aegis. So yes. So one of the films that you vote for in and, that uh, category. Capilano University, nice. which is in Canada, as I understand it. Sweet Tooth. I'm not 100% sure I'm pronouncing this right. From director Michael Muchnidge and Grey Wind Productions. Then we go to What's Eating Dad by Michael Goldberg in the United States. That's a fun film. It's a good it is, film. Yeah. It's a relationship film. Relationships are difficult. They are. That was uh, Home on the Range Productions there. Oh, the next sorry, film is one of Gordon's personal favorites. You know he loves the animation. And uh, this is a spectacular example from Estonia, our first film from that country. This is... Northern Starfish from Matthias Malk and S.D. Junis film. What a cool film, an unusual film. It is not like a film that we've ever shown before, really. No, it isn't. And that's one of the great things. We're always on the lookout for something a little different. Try to put something in front of you that, that might surprise. And this is definitely one of those. Yeah. Next up is The Invisible Curiosity by none other than Zoran Jovic. In the United States, tis a silly film with a point from Low Carb Comedy. This is the folks that brought us the fourth rule of Gremlins, Galilean. Yeah, I mean, they, they bring us a lot of fun stuff repeatedly over and over, and uh, it's great to see another one from them. This is followed by Sweetheart by Miguel Angelo Pate from Germany. Wow, what a film. This film is a, is a wow what a film film. It is a tour de force, I will say that. Yeah. Oh, that's by Element Film. Next up is The Door from Justin Crooks out of Australia. You may remember him. I remember him. From the awesome short Night Shift of the Vampire. 
Okay, I remember. <laughs> and his uh, Happy Snake Heaven films. So it's great to see him back in the Bumbat Film Festival. I love how we're getting a lot of repeats here. We're finding the guys. They do fun stuff. We keep showing their stuff. You got to support these independent filmmakers, man, and give them a place to show their awesome films. It's true because every time a cool independent filmmaker makes a film, Michael Bay gets kicked in the dick. <laughs> it's science. You can look it up. Then we got Running the Gamatar by Joe Kramer in the United States. <laughs> what the fuck? I love it when we find a film that just makes you go, what was that? Oh, my <laughs> God. That was awesome. I love this short. Love it. Love it. Love it. Again, can't wait to share this with you. Another one I can't wait to share from our good friends, Ben Franklin and Anthony Melton from Bloody Cuts Films. They've got a brand new Christmas theme short called Deathly Presence, which is so much fun. I know you're going to dig it. Yeah, that's uh, that's Bloody Cuts UK. I think they've had a film in our fest every year, haven't they? Yeah, just about every year since Suck a Blood, which is still one of my favorite shorts of all time. Yeah. And here we have on our list, Dick Proof 2 <laughs> by Sam McGlynn in Canada and Dicked Pictures. I know you're, you're thinking, gosh, Maybe I, I won't know what's going on in this movie because I didn't see Dick Proof 1. You'll be okay. Trust me. You won't know what's going on in this movie anyway. I love that I'm going to be sending out a press release tomorrow to hundreds of media outlets across the United States that says Dicked Pictures on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty excellent. That's awesome. Also from Vancouver, B.C. So that's our third Pacific Northwest film which will be up for the PNW Short of the Year Award. Next up, from New Zealand's Media Design School, a fantastic little piece of animation from director Oliver Holbert, Escargor. Escargor, because it's been a while since we've had a snail film. <laughs> it has been. The snail film won this whole competition one year. It's true. Cargols from Spain. Another one of my favorite films. Yeah. And then Insmith by the amazing Izzy Lee from the United States and Nile Nocturne Films. Nocturne. Oh, you're right. Sorry, I'm looking at like 0 .05 point font on this. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's just because I have a phone instead of a tablet. That and you're pushing 50. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but. Well, if I had my selfie stick here, I'd just put it away <laughs> on the end of it and I could read my phone. Incidentally, my selfie stick is a white cane. Innsmouth by Izzy Lee from the United States and Nile Noctum Films. Wow, what an ending, huh? <laughs> we, we're actually working on getting props to go in the goodie bags to go with this film. You know, last year we had uh, Escape from Midwich Valley, so we come with the Cthulhu-themed stuff pretty regular. And uh, this is definitely a departure, though, a little different twist, which I thoroughly love. We, we do the Lovecraft. We do the Lovecraft. Lovecrafts. What's after that, Steve? After that? This is not the order we're showing these, by the way. Yeah, it's it's order-ish. It it's order-ish. We'll see. We're going to switch things up. But this next film is one of the last ones we selected. And we were like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's going in. This is from director Mark Brocking in the UK and Deutschmark Films. The Barber's Cut. Delightful short. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Loving it. Yeah. I'm going to let you read this next one because it's one of your faves. <laughs> it's the word. 
It's the word. We're going to show this movie, even though it's my personal nemesis of a word. Dinosaur. <laughs> By Ning Chang. The United States and CalArts. It's another CalArts film. Love, love, love this movie. It's less than a minute long, and it's brilliant. Next is a salute to classic horror that I think you're going to love. This is, film is called The Monster from director Bob Pipe out of the UK and Film London. And it is just a wonderful, tremendously well-acted, atmospheric film. You're going to love this one. Yeah, the acting in that is top-notch. It really And is. then The Stork <laughs> by <laughs> Billy Pond in the because United States. fuck you. We're because gonna... fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just need a cinematic kick in the teeth, and it, Billy Pond is the man to provide said kick. Yeah. Bloody Bill Productions and Bell Cow Films. Oh. Next up is one of the funniest shorts I've seen in a long time. This one, I just, it just killed me. This is it the, did. He actually died. The Black Bear from directors Mariel Fortunat Rossi and Xavier Serron. It's a France-Belgium co-production from Origine Films and Helicatronk. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. I don't know. You didn't pronounce Xavier right. Why, why stop now? I said Xavier, didn't I? You did, yeah, you said Xavier. What's wrong with that? Isn't it Xavier? I don't know. I was too busy writhing vehemently. <laughs> well, if you're going to writhe vehemently. <laughs> Next up. And then... The Last Halloween by Mark Russell from the mighty nation of Canada. Oh, man. Red Sneakers so Media. fucking Such good. Such a great film. So good. Man, another good one. And yeah, it's, wow. That's a wow film. And then we follow that up with just one of the most originally hilarious films I've seen in a long time. This is a Ben Malaby film from the UK, Milk. Milk, which has the single funniest line in the entire film festival. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you'll know. We're or maybe also, maybe we're also including me. milk with uh, each goodie bag. So we what? No, we're not. You know, in Canada, they sell milk in a bag. Did you know that? A milk sack, if you will. It, yeah, I, I will, and they do. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with those people? Then, speaking of Canadians, we have Libra Love by Cameron McGowan from Canada Silencio and film. Awkward Silencio Films. So what's up next? What's up next, Steve? Oh, tell me. Shit. Tell me what's up. What is it? <laughs> I can't you, this, believe you're responsible for this. I cannot believe I kickstarted this film from the director of the Mighty Crow Hand last year's epic short that I just loved, and director Brian Lonano. It is William, the official selection of the 2016 Bone Bat Film Festival. <laughs> I cannot wait for you people to see this film. Oh, man. This will be one of the stickiest film festivals ever. Oh, my God, right? It's both yeah. the stickiest and the nakedest. I mean, <laughs> this film festival is off the hook in stickiness. Why did we get sent so much nudity this year? What uh, nudity happened? Nudity and goo is goo. de is... rigueur. Is that a phrase? I think it, it is. It is now. And, uh, yeah. De rigueur. Something like that. What's your Derriere. next film? The next film? It is... Cthulhuid <laughs> from Giovanni Braggio in Italy. <sighs> Great, just a perfect film. Not a moment of wasted anything. Just no. does it. Great, bam. Right. This this goes down as one of those classics that that it's just so perfectly executed 
Oh, love it, love it, love it. Okay, and then our final short this year. A little Which bit, isn't all that short. It's not. It's a little longer number, but it's just glorious. From Lee and Sam Boxleitner in USA and the Film With No Name Entertainment Company. This is Die, Sit, or Die, Rupert. And that Ba-bam. is... And that is all the shorts for this year. 35 shots of excellence. And I, I, I just want to say here, there are some folks that turned out lovely, wonderful, great films that we wanted to show and we just couldn't fit them in. Every year, it's so heartbreaking. Gordon and I argue and cajole each other and try to get our personal favorites in. But there are filmmakers that, that deserve your attention and they're not in this fest. So I want to say to you folks, I am so sorry we couldn't fit you in. You know, maybe down the road we can get one of your next shorts into the fest and uh, give you the chance. Because, you know, independent film means everything to us. We love to support. And there are days when I wish that we had another entire day where we could fit this stuff in. All right. And next up are our features for 2016. Yeah. First feature, Ava's Possessions. Woohoo! Yeah, by Jordan Galland in the United States on Ravenous Films Momentum Pictures. You know, you and I and everyone else on this great blue orb we call Earth, we've all seen the movies where the girl gets possessed. And then there's an exorcism, things happen, the end. But what happens, Steve? What happens after the exorcism? <laughs> what is your life like? after you've been possessed by a demon. It's not really as neat and tied up with a bow as movies like The Exorcist would have us believe. Absolutely And that's what Ava's Possessions is about. You may end up in a 12-step program for possessees. Yes, you may. There is a 12-step program for people like There are possibilities. So this is where we go with Ava's Possessions, and both hilarity and terror ensue. I think you guys are going to dig this one. It's a lot of fun. Hilterity. Hilterity, yes. Patented. Trademark. (laughs) Right. Copyright. Our second feature from director Tyler McIntyre and Infinite Lives Entertainment is a lovely little film called Patchwork. Oh, God, what a flick. Three young ladies go out for a night on the town and wake up reassembled together as a Frankenstein's-type monster. And this film just does everything so very well and originally and great writing and great twists. I had a ball. I laughed. It was scary. It was just a load of fun. You guys are going to love having a few beers and watching this film in a theater full of crazed horror fans. It's going to be a fantastic time. Indeed. I lo- we both love this film. So much fun. So much fun. And we are thrilled to be showing two films with strong female protagonists, which is a first for the Bone Vat Film Fest. A lot of the time, it's a sausage party. I'll say it. You said it. Not this year. This nope. year, we're doing something completely different. And honestly, as a husband and a father of horror fans, it feels really good to be able to serve up this kind of bill this year. I'm really proud of it. I am proud of the fact that we were able to assemble once again, so many really good films from around the world. And I cannot wait for April 23rd and the opportunity to share them with you folks. Hey, grabbers had a strong female protagonist. It did. And some films do, but you know, sometimes, and not that there's anything wrong with deadheads. 
or buck wild, but sometimes the films that we have have been a bunch of dudes. And this is definitely something unique and refreshing, I think, for a film festival that's in its sixth year. I wholly concur. So, as we mentioned, that is just part of it. We will have an enormous prize drawing once again for you folks from our sponsors. We have a lovely list of sponsors this year, including Comics Corner, GT Printing Equipment, Dolcetta Artisan Suites, Chocolate, Fantagraphics Books, Vortex Video, Flying Saucer Pizza, Pathfinder Games, Cobalt Salon and Gallery, Stalker Farms, Mac and Jack's Brewery, the book Security from Algonquin Books, and author Gina Walsdorf, Jerry Cooch. Jerry Cooch. Thank you, Jerry Cooch. Scarecrow Video, Dark Horse Comics, and Games and Gizmos, once again, joining us as sponsors. It's really exciting to be working with these folks. And then, on top of it all, Pine Box Boys. Pine Box Boys. Oh, my God. They're so good. They're so good. It's the first time we brought the band back to one of these things. Yeah, they were so good last year. We had so much fun that... We wanted to do it again, I gotta say. And they were kind enough to agree, so they're gonna be up here. Now, say you wanted to get a double shot of the Pine Box Boys that weekend. Here's what mm-hmm. you do. On Friday, April 22nd, they're gonna be playing at the Shanty Tavern. So you can go check them out there. Then come back for another hit the next night at the Bone Bat Film Festival. Gotta love it. There's enough Pine Box Boys to go around. You're going to hear all the great music. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, I'm looking forward to it, dude. Hey, Cobalt Salon and Gallery in Davis is uh, one of our sponsors for this film fest. And they're also the gallery which was the first to hang my art. So they have a, a special place in my heart. So here's a little bit about Cobalt Salon and Gallery. Sponsor, friend. They are tucked inside Mansion Square Center in downtown davis if you live in davis you know where mansion sellers are they're upstairs third floor david martin and his associates tania frias sharon jackson and michelle white are just waiting to give you the best salon visit of your life join them in their studio inspired salon perhaps with a freshly brewed beverage from the free espresso and tea menu and view the ever-changing gallery they have ceramics by their artist in residence deborah Pittman. Oils by Cobalt Salon owner David Martin and acrylics by master stylist and artisan residence Tania Fritas. The new and returning shows by other local artists are Marie Therese Brown, Moses Salgado, and <clears throat> moi. So hang out, browse, get to know. At Cobalt Salon and Gallery, they work to provide the highest quality color and haircutting services available in the greater Davis and Sacramento area. Through continuing education and the very best of communication skills and customer service, they give you a 100% satisfaction guarantee. This ain't no Russian roulette for your head like those $10 chain haircuts. Nuh-uh. Cobalt Salon Gallery is high-end. They provide all the color services, including full-fashion colors, color correction, as well as the latest foil and balayage procedures. Check them out. You can find them at cobaltsalon.com. Upstairs, third floor in Mansion Square, or you can call them at 530-297-5350. Tell them Bone Bat sent you. So you want to do a little uh, a little weird shit? Sure. Before we uh, head into the next tune? Steve? Yes. I'm worried about you. 
Why? I keep track of the news in Seattle because <laughs> I know things get a little weird up there. And I think I know where this is going. I think, I think, why, wait, why? I'm going to flip out like a ninja. <laughs> yeah. That's what ninjas the cops, do. The cops in Seattle are looking, looking for a uh, hipster ninja masturbator <laughs> in the U District. <laughs> Yeah, Seattle police are trying to identify a masked man believed to have masturbated outside a home in the, of uh, University of Washington students multiple times. While that in itself might not be too unusual, uh, this guy dresses up in full-on ninja gear, completely covered head to toe except for two parts <laughs> that he requires to perform the act. So his clothing included a hood, and a wrap around his face and his shoes. He's even wearing those little, you know, split-toed ninja booty things. <laughs> so, for the love of God, be on the lookout for the ninja masturbator in Seattle. Being a ninja, you probably won't see him coming. <laughs> He's slippery. <laughs> <laughs> After he comes, he disappears in a puff of smoke. Boosh. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd he go? I don't know. I don't know. He was in and out. I didn't I didn't feel the thing. <laughs> oh my god, that's so gross and yet hilarious at the same time. Yeah, some ninjas wield size, some make size. <laughs> oh wow. Why don't we listen to another tune? Let's let's do that. This is another one from Droids Attack from their 2007 release Fatal Error. This is John Oates Mustache Ride.
Once again, that was John Oates' mustache ride, taken from 2007's Fatal Error from Droids Attack. Buy it! Once again, at droidsattack.bandcamp.com. How about a little multimedia triage, my friend? Let's do it. Shall we start with the book? Yeah, let's start with the book. Uh, As I mentioned in the last segment, one of the sponsors of this year's film festival is a brand new debut novel from an author called Gina Woldsdorf from Algonquin Books. That book is called Security, and uh, I just completed it. Gord is uh, I'm still well coloring some into of the it, well into it, and uh, we'd like to give you a little review of this book. Yeah, this uh, this is a book set in a hotel with the highest security known to man. This is a, a high end, super top notch hotel that's about to open up. And got, they've got a skeleton crew that is fine-tuning the place, the chef, the hotel manager, the cleaning crew there. The electricians are just finishing up. The place is just getting ready to open. Unfortunately, there are killers loose inside this place. There are definitely killers loose. And the, the protagonist is the very tightly wound hotel manager who is trying to keep it all together. Wow. The mayhem ensues. One of the cool things about this book, one of the the different things about this book, is that it's told from the perspective of a person who is looking at everything happening through multiple cameras. It's as if you've got this giant bank of screens and you're switching your view camera to camera to camera. So it's a little confusing at first as the action just will suddenly shift from one set of characters in one setting to another. But after you read the book for a while, you kind of get the rhythm of it. And each chapter begins with telling you which number of cameras you're looking at. The, the way it bounces around, it's almost like reading the Illuminati, if you ever read that. <laughs> and it's interesting because, you know, it, it is a mystery in a lot of ways as well. Because at first you think it's a third-person, you know, point of view. And then all of a sudden, it, it keeps, starts dropping opinions and... And saying, I. Yeah, things that you wouldn't, you know, normally think of a narrator being able to know. And then it becomes more apparent as the book continues. Additionally, I have to say, I love Gina's turn of phrase. There was a number of times in the book where she would put something beautifully, and I I would almost stop and just kind of enjoy saying the phrase over in my head again. And I, I can't remember doing that with a horror writer since Clive Barker was one who I would just kind of go, God damn, I wish I could write like that. That is really cool. (laughs) And she does a wonderful job. At at the same time, she gives little shout-outs to some of our favorite writers of the past. For instance, uh, you know how Stephen King would always start a chapter with, like, Toby went into town. It would be the last time he ever went into town (laughs) in the rest of his life. And you're like, what the shit? You just gave it away. You just told me. (laughs) Exactly. And Gina does that a couple of times in this book. And you you can kind of see her tipping her hat to Stephen King. There's even a a little bit of mayhem that happens in room 1408, which I thought was pretty cool. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, so check this book out. Is it out yet or is it coming out Wonderfully written. This book will be on sale on June 7th, 2016, so keep an eye out for it, either for your Kindle or in hardcover. In dead tree form. Hardcover form. It's really an enjoyable read and brisk. You'll enjoy it. And then from books, Steve, to movies. Yes. You and I saw the same movie, not at the same time. I went and saw it twice, which is practically unheard of for me. Yeah. Now, this is 
really something, folks. Gordon doesn't ever go see movie tw- movies twice. He won't buy DVDs or Blu-rays because he doesn't need to see a movie again. I mean, that's how he is. He watches a shit ton of films, but he doesn't watch. He's not a repeat viewing type of guy. So pe- plunking down his cash to go to a theater is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Just getting me out of the house, actually, is a pretty big deal. Go out twice to see the same movie. We, I saw Deadpool. I loved it so much. I took my wife. I got my wife out of the house and took her to see Deadpool. I love yeah, that. That was movie. a fun that movie. That was so much fun. And it's so great when some when a movie is done right, you yeah. know. And it was a it was a superhero movie, but it was a small story. It was a love story. Yeah, I guess which, it was. You know, seems kind of odd, but this character is absolutely nuts, and he was so much fun to spend ninety minutes with. Yeah. So Deadpool, if you haven't watched it, you got to watch it. You're you're not going to go wrong. Anyone that watches yeah. this movie is going to like it. So much fun. Unless you're but don't like, take your children to this seven. movie. Yeah, don't take your kid. This is not it's, a kid movie. It really isn't. And they all want to go because you know there's a million eight year olds who have Deadpool costumes for Halloween. Yeah, and but, they'll all uh, tell you that their friends are going. Yeah, no, they're not. No, they're, they're not going. They're, they're, your kid is full of shit, is what yeah. your kid is. <laughs> Unless they have terrible parents, they're not. their right. friends are not going to this. But there's going to be a time when they're 16 and you pop in the DVD and you're like, check this out, and you'll enjoy yeah. it together when they're a little older. But yeah, it, what is what is cool, though, is like kind of the, the third wall breaking aside. For instance, uh, Colossus is in this film, and... Uh, a teenage X person called uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, and it's kind of funny because Deadpool makes a crack that you know where's like Cyclops. You know, it's almost like you couldn't afford another X Men. <laughs> it's absolutely dead on because it's a low budget Marvel movie. Yeah, so good. So, jeez, uh, you know what I else like is good? You. What else? Tell me. What else was good? I, I saw two other movies recently that I, I think bear uh, talking about a little bit. Uh, number one is The Witch, which is okay. I gotta say, when I went and saw this film, it had been mentioned in the same breath as like, oh, if you liked It Follows, and if you liked Babadook, you're gonna love The Witch. It's just that type of thing. Really? And it is, and it isn't. It, it is in the sense of, it is a slow burn that builds with dread. It is about this family of Puritans that... Uh, start out in a Salem-type situation, and they sort of get excommunicated from their village because they don't quite agree with the local religion. So they move out into the woods, and they have a teenage daughter who is in charge of babysitting the, the infant, and the infant disappears. And so there's a lot of distrust, you know, what happened to the child, you were supposed to be watching was it an animal what happened or was it a witch in the dark forest and it kind of goes on from there um and so i was i was really wanting something that that ended like just kind of over the top and i have to say spoiler alert three two one okay the ending for me didn't quite go far enough but I'm like an insane horror heavy metal fan. I mean, I wanted the end of this to be nutso. It was creepy and it was chilling, but it wasn't nutso. And I kind of wish it was, but, you know, maybe that's on me. Maybe that's not on the film. 
it was a film that stuck with me and I found myself thinking of since. So I would definitely see it that it's worth seeing, but if you're expecting like a, a, an over-the-top blood fest type of a thing, it isn't that. It's much more subdued and, you know, stays within its game. So just kind of be aware of that up front. But I think if you temper your expectations, you'll really get a lot out of it. You and I just saw a film that's not going to be in the film fest. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about but, that? Yeah. But it was a witch movie. Yes. Okay. So this is a film that's called They're Watching, which is actually going to be in theaters uh, end of March. So in, you can see it in Seattle. Uh, you can see it probably near you. Uh, it's going to be playing in wide release. So uh, something to check out. And uh, it was a very fun film. Why don't you give a synopsis of this one, G? Yeah, well, it starts out with a absolute pitch-perfect parody of one of those House Hunters International show where Bob wants to move to, to Slovenia to escape the rigors of Los Angeles. And he looks at three different bungalows. My wife has that stuff on TV. I have been subjected to it. I know what it is. <laughs> it's yeah, very they, different they than saying I it. watch it. So, th- yeah, the setup is... This couple has moved to Moldova and bought this absolutely destroyed, barely standing up house in the middle of nowhere woods outside of this tiny town full of very superstitious Moldovans. And they're going to fix it up. And then the crew comes back six months later to see how things have gone. So you're following the film crew and the film crew is great. There's a, the sound man, the cameraman, and basically the PA. And they're a lot of fun. The The two, uh, cameraman and sound guy, play off each other really well, and they have a lot of great, hilarious lines. Yeah, and a lot of this film is, you'd think it'd be the kind of thing I hate, found footage bouncy cam. You know, it's, it's actually really well done. When the cameras move around, there's a fucking reason for it. Other directors take note. I liked it. <laughs> Yeah, it was I liked a, it a super lot. fun movie, and uh, and it's a it starts out funny, and then it, it, there's a slow build, and then it has a great end. Yeah, the ending is is just big. The ending is every bit as big as I wish the witch would have been. That's that's what made me think of like, hey, yeah. let's talk about it right now. Yeah, it's a, a great time to talk about it, but it's a totally different film. I mean, this is a horror comedy where it's very much got its tongue in cheek and some silliness to go with the scare. So it's completely different. You know, apples and oranges to the witch, but uh, yeah, but satisfying certainly in its own right. You know, yeah. speaking of found footage, uh, another f- or a found footage esque film, Ten Cloverfield Lane. I just saw last weekend. Oh, I didn't even know that was a found footage film. Now I well, want to see Cloverfield this. Cloverfield so was. Not... I'm not going to spoil. Yeah, it. I know that. But here's what is awesome about this. So the film it takes place in the same universe as Cloverfield. The original shaky handy cam movie to beat them all which is funny i just listened to a podcast with jj uh, abrams and he said that that film even made him sick and he was the director <laughs> <laughs> but what's cool about this is jj abrams just produced this one this film was directed by dan trachtenberg who was one of the hosts of the totally rad show podcast uh, three or four years ago so, essentially, this is a top-notch feature film that was made by a podcaster. And that makes me so fucking happy. Because that means there's hope for any of us, man. There's, there's hope for you, Steve. Well, you know what? We're building a film festival. We're doing stuff. But it's cool to see because a lot of times, you know, podcasters are kind of denigrated. Like, uh, you know, 
they're going into their bedroom and they're making this thing and nobody listens to it and whatever. That's not what we're doing. But you can absolutely build that and move on and do other great things in the world of entertainment. And I think that that's really bitching. Right on. Yeah. And the film, the film is great. It's it's more of a tense character piece uh, in this. I mean, from what you see in the trailers, it's absolutely that. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh, is a woman who hears about this attack, and she's trying to escape the city, and she gets into a car wreck. She wakes up in a bunker with John Goodman, who has saved her after this accident, and he tells her that she can't leave the bunker. But he may be psychotic. So there's kind of like this misery sort of bent to it. In addition, she doesn't know. Is he nuts? Is he really protecting her? Is it safe to go outside? Is it not safe to go outside? It is a very tense, close, tight, claustrophobic little film. And I absolutely loved it. We took uh, my wife and my daughter, and we we loved this flick. It's PG-13, so you could definitely take your kids to it. And it is super tense. Really well done. I enjoyed it. Check it out. Right on. Gonna do it. Gonna check it out. All right. Unlike you, I have not seen that many movies. I've watched a few uh, things on the old telly, including the Venture Brothers. Have you been watching the Venture Brothers? I watched the first couple episodes, and then I've dropped behind. So. Oh, my God. The most recent episode, Party for Tarzan. Brilliant. Scorsese-esque. So wonderful. I may actually go back and watch it again. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It, it absolutely, they knocked it out of the park on that episode. Now, I enjoy the Venture Brothers. I, I like it more than you do. I, I realize that. But uh, I think this season, since they moved to New York and uh, and have money, the, the show has really kind of found its footing again, and it's it's fun. Uh, the other thing I'm watching is Vikings. <laughs> yeah, Vikings is great. It continues yeah. to be great. I liked season one right up until the last episode, and I, I kind of swore I would never watch it again because of that, because it was just pandering to have a season two. Yeah, I end up watching it. It still rocks. I like it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's good. I like it. It's a good show. It's yeah. one of the shows I look forward to every week. That and Walking Dead is back this season in a big bad way. Uh, very I still good haven't stuff. taken up. And I don't know. Those of you, if you're only watching The Walking Dead and you're not reading the comic book, stop listening for a minute. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here's the deal. If you're reading the comic book, we're slowly three episodes from the Red Wedding of fucking Walking Dead. It's gonna happen. And it's almost terrifying knowing it's out there. One of the most fucked up things is totally gonna happen pretty soon. You know it, I know it. It's gonna happen. And uh, the sense of dread and foreboding is pretty ominous right now on that show, but they're executing things pretty well. The last episode was kind of this encapsulated, almost filler show, but you almost didn't mind because the acting was so good. It was sort of a set piece on Carol. But uh, as we move forward towards Negan and his appearance, things are getting hairy, so definitely worth watching if you're behind. Okay, wow. you can start listening again, TV Walking Dead watchers. <laughs> <laughs> You're so very conscientious. Yeah, I try to be nice. Good job. Oh, speaking of Walking Dead, dude. So yeah. Telltale Games just released a new mini series around the character of Michonne. Oh, you love that character. And uh, I just played the first episode from uh, Telltale Games. You know we love their stuff. 
We played the Borderlands game. We played Walking Dead. We played Fables. I mean, I've played a bunch of their stuff. Minecraft, their, Story their, Mode. Uh, poker game. <laughs> you played their poker game? Yeah. And they, they do great storytelling games. And so this is no exception. Uh, this takes place when Michonne kind of left Rick and the gang to go out to sea on the ship for like six or eight issues of the comic over the last couple of years. And then she returned. And it's sort of her adventures while she was gone. And the first episode is very tense. But it's interesting because, you know, in previous Telltale games, you kind of play it how you want to play it. You know, you try different things. But I find myself taking a different tack this time because I'm steering a character that is well-known. And so yeah. it's like you have three different options of what to say or what to do. And you're like, nah, Michonne would never do that. This is how she would handle this situation. So it's almost made the way I play this game a little bit different, which is really satisfying. The first episode, like many of their episodes, is really intense. Um, this is only a three-episode series, and uh, fourteen ninety-nine is what it will cost to get you the entire series. The second two chapters will be downloaded to you immediately upon their release, so you can jump right back in where you left off. So uh, check it out from Telltale Games, Michonne, Walking Dead. It's great stuff. I really enjoyed it. Right on. I don't know if it's a media, if it fits in the media triage because I haven't consumed this media yet, but... You know, we, Brent, we have talked about Kickstarters many, 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 many times before, so I think it's the right. perfect time. Alright, then I, this is, I'm doing it. Brett Sims, the guy who brought us Grave Shivers. An official film. selection of the Bone Bat Film Festival. That's the one, yeah. He has a Kickstarter for his new film Anne Dark, which looks freaking great! <laughs> The concept again, art is pretty off the hook for that film. Yeah, you should just, if nothing else, check out the concept art for this film. Uh, the synopsis of the film is, Anne Dark is a short film with a scale 20 times larger than Grave Shivers and introduces the world to a strong female superhero role model, which is rarely seen in modern cinema, unless you're at the Bombat show. <laughs> Almost every scene of this magical story has practical and digital visual effects that bring it to life. He's assembled an international cast and crew of some of the most talented and driven and diverse professionals working in entertainment today to create a female-driven, paranormal superhero project. If the 80s, Hellboy, Dune, and Buffy had a badass love child, it would be... And Dark. So I backed this Kickstarter. Kickstarter, I have backed. It's going to be a cool film. You should back this Kickstarter, too, because it's going to be awesome. Nice. Once again, Andar. You know, there's a, a little cartoon I've been watching, a series that actually bears your attention. And it's I, this could be a first for us. This is actually a Disney product. <laughs> okay. And it's Gravity Falls. Really? It's, yeah. Have you watched that? I have seen a few of those. Okay. It is an absolutely charming, fun, original little series about this. It's a cartoon about... A couple of kids that get sent to their Grunkle Stan's House of Curiosities, which is this tourist trap full of all this weird crap in the middle of nowhere. And the whole thing is full of bizarre monsters and wizards and magic. But it's also full of just teenage angst and boredom and it's adventure. It's, it's wonderful. It's just a wonderful, slightly bizarre little 
all ages safe for everyone cartoon and that has probably the most catchy theme song at the beginning that <laughs> I've heard in a long time. It reminds me of if Anamanaguchi did something with whistling. Uh, <laughs> that's what this would be. So check it out. Um, if you can't find Disney, well, then you're probably listening to this podcast well, on a butter the, churn. The series just wrapped up, so I, I don't know where it's playing. Are you watching it on Netflix, or where can folks find this? So like I said, it's a Disney product. I'm sure you can find it. And I'm about halfway through the first season. This, uh, they're, what, one season or two seasons? Uh, something like that. Yeah, it wasn't around a really long time. I, I watched a few episodes and thought it was it was okay, but I didn't fall in love with it. Kristen Shaw does some voices in it, and she's, yeah, she's one of the main characters. She's always great. Yeah. So it, it's cool to see her doing that. And There's uh, a lot of guest stars in this doing voice work that are pretty oh, okay. fun, too. You know who was a huge fan of this show is uh, Z from Hipster Please. Oh, no kidding. He's always talking about it. Yeah, he loves Gravity Falls. Yeah, well, listen to him. He's got some good taste, that guy. Yeah, he does, despite liking us. Speaking of good taste, uh, I think we're done with triage, huh? Let's call it done. Listen to another tune. This is from 2010's Must Destroy from Droids Attack, The Great Wall of Gina. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of good taste. Once again, that was Great Wall of Gina, taken from 2010's Must Destroy from Droids Attack. Again, you can find their music at droidsattack.bandcamp.com. Thank you so much to Brad Van from Droids Attack, as well as John Freeman and Freeman Productions for 
sharing this amazing music with us. How did we not find these guys for so long, man? It is beyond me. That is nuts that a band that is so in our wheelhouse we somehow missed out on. But it does speak well to the state of independent music that uh, there are still bands like this out there to find for us and share with you. So, uh, cool shit. Our usual bullshit. You can reach the show number at 425-296-6557 or via email. You can reach us at steve at bonehand.com. We have new content on bonehand.com infrequently, including the heavy half hour, which I haven't done in a long time. We barely did a bone bash show. I don't even know. Yeah, what? Are we even on the internet anymore? <laughs> we you can find work. my cartoon every week at mightywombat.com. And we're on the Twitters. We're on the Facebook. You can find us there. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm Bonehand over there, or our Bonebat Twitter feed, which uh, is mostly dedicated to film festival and podcast news, as well as our Facebook group. Wait, which is podcast a- nudes? News plus our Facebook oh. group, which is a little jokier. Over there, we put sweet deals, we put funny videos, we put bitchin' music, all we kinds of good lots. stuff. It's definitely worth following. Thank you for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Spread a friend and tell the word. Once again, Bone Bat Film Festival 2016, April 23rd at SIF Cinema Uptown. Tickets are available now at bonebat.com. Please join us. We've got a big theater. We've got awesome music. We've got incredible films. We're going to have good food, great beer. You're going to have a lovely time. You don't want to And I'm going to be there. Gordon's and gonna I'm going to leave my house to go there. Imagine. A ton of people, a ton of your friends are coming for the first time to the Bone Bat Film Festival. People I know. That's we'll exciting. Yeah. yeah. People we went to high school with are coming. Horror people fans. People that have seen you naked. Horror fans from all over the United States are coming all the way here to see this. It's going to be an amazing party. Yeah, why, that's why, it. Why don't we listen to one more tune? Okay, what are we going to listen to, Steve? One more. This is an epic, epic tune from Sci-Fi or Die about a giant fish monster. That's right. It's Machinomac from 2016 Sci-Fi or Die. I hope you dig it once again. I'm Steve. It's Scored. Have a good one. I do have a good one. Indubitably. Indubitably.
were out night fishing. It was one of them real cold nights. The kind of cold that makes a man's balls want to hibernate like a pair of weasels up inside his chest. Creeping fog. Color out of space. Just sleeping over the deep water. We never even heard those things come aboard. They killed my crew within minutes. The sound of their screams still haunt my waking hours. I close my eyes. I see the horror of a thousand deaths play across the blackness. Those teeth. Those cold, insidious eyes of hell sent to drive a man to madness. Deep ones, as legend calls them, have a hankering to mate with us normal folk. Sure, those scaled, webbed hands might tickle a bit. I dare to even call them soothing. Bam! Your anchovy popsicle! If you catch my meaning. Now you boys start down this road. That's all that's waiting for you. A whole heap of fish raping. 